Welcome to Paddling Adventures Radio. I'm Sean Rowley, and with me is Derek Specht. Hello. Last episode of the year, Last Derek. one of the year. Last Happy one. Happy New Year. Episode 98. <laughs> Happy New Year. <laughs> we're yeah. almost at 100. How almost. exciting is we're that? Getting there. getting there. A couple of weeks, buddy. A couple of weeks. Yeah. And 100 means that we're just not too far off from two whole flipping years. Yeah. Two years, man. 104 episodes, two Wait, years. Wait, I think it's February 14th is our is that two year. Yeah. Our two year anniversary is February <laughs> 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 14th. 14th or 15th, somewhere in there. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, so how was your Christmas? It was good. It was nice and quiet to spend a lot of time with family. It's the way I like it. I'm not big on the Christmas and all that stuff, but I like getting together with family and, and you know, it's it's a it's a gathering time. You get to eat and drink. do all the we don't do much drinking with really? family. No, not really. You don't get sloshed, say hold my beer, watch this? No. <laughs> oh, your family's lame. No. <laughs> I know, I know. <laughs> Actually my family doesn't either. Uh you get anything good? I I, uh, I I try and push against that. I try and push people not to buy me stuff. So all I asked for this year was socks. So I got some socks and some books. Did you get the big present I got you? And what's that? Nothing. <laughs> Just what you wanted. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I hope it fit. <laughs> it did. That <laughs> big box of nothing. We're there for you, buddy. Uh, I got sale gift cards. I'm of the same persuasion. It's like, you know what? Don't buy me stuff that I don't need. And the stuff that I do need, you can't afford anyway. <laughs> you know? Um, yeah. If I said I need a new headlamp, somebody's going to go buy me a, like a $20 headlamp. And as opposed to, I'm going to go buy like a $150 headlamp. Yeah, exactly. That's not going to break the first yeah. time out. That sort of thing. So I don't feel, you know, I don't feel it's fair to make somebody to go buy me a $150 headlamp when they're looking at like a $20 one. Yeah. It's, right? it's so, a big ask. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, you know what? Don't buy me anything, and it's become a bit of a argument amongst the family and me that, well, we got to buy you something, or we'll know you don't. So finally, I think I've sort of got them down to it. Is finally got them trained. Gift cards. <laughs> uh, there's a sale not too far from us. One of those big, uh, big box store things. Um, and yeah, I go, I go there to buy some stuff, and because they've become pretty close in price to Mountain Equipment Co-op. Oh yeah. And this one's a heck of a lot closer. <laughs> yes, yes. You don't have it's to go like, downtown. Yeah. So the, I've just been getting the the uh, sale gift cards for birthdays and, and all that sort of stuff. And yeah, I got a bunch of them for uh, for Christmas there. And we've been looking at a, getting a new tent for our canoe trips. And uh, like getting rid of, because I got the solo tent. Okay. And I got an old two-man tent, which is older than dirt. Uh, <laughs> it needs to be replaced. It's heavy. It's, you know, it was it was considered lightweight in the day. Yeah. <laughs> 20, 20 years ago, sort of thing, <laughs> whatever. Uh, so, yeah, I've been looking at a new one, but they're like 400 bucks. You know, when you're sitting there going like, yeah, I can get a decent one I want for like 400, 500 bucks. Well, I got about $400 in gift cards now. <laughs> <laughs> right on. <laughs> that's the way it's done, my friend. So, uh, yeah, so that's, that's, we got all that out of the way now and uh, we can uh, go purchase a new tent when the tent season comes in because you know, right now they're, all out of stock. I don't know why. Yeah. Well, it's just <laughs> it's just not the right time of year. Well, you figure Christmas, they might yeah. people might be wanting to buy stuff. Maybe, yeah. You know. Um, that's also- like Costco. Costco's weird that way. Like, if you want in the spring, in the summer, you want oh, I got to get some t-shirts. Don't go to Costco. You have to get for winter summer stuff. You have to go in the middle of winter. That's when it's all stocked, mm-hmm. and then it's all sold out by spring. And then they start stocking the winter. The winter stuff, stuff. yeah, late the, fall they, winter. Their seasons are completely opposite, and for them, they don't want to carry extra stock, so they carry it ahead of the season, yeah. and they get rid of it all. It's almost like the the printing businesses, you know, the stuff that we're printing now that Christmas is done, Valentine's Day. Oh, you know, like yeah. still, and then once Valentine's Day is getting close while well, we're done printing that stuff. We're moving on like Easter. Yeah. That sort of thing, right? <laughs> so it's uh, pain in the neck. <laughs> but regardless, I got my uh, sale gift cards. I got a lot of chocolate, which is good. Oh, yeah? Yeah. People realize that too. I'm a chocoholic, right? <laughs> so they figure, oh, well, just give them some chocolate and a gift card and that'll be good. <laughs> yes. Yes, it is. Perfect. And coffee. Thank you, Thank you. Coffee. Thank you. It's good. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Didn't get any Tim Hortons oh, gift that's cards. That's what I'll tell them next year. Unique coffee. coffee. Civet yeah. coffee. Ooh, that'll be expensive. No, I'm telling you, buddy. Scotch. 
They well, got those two hundred dollar no, bottle of scotches out there. I got a bourbon yeah. and a whiskey this year. Bourbon and a whiskey and a bottle, a nice bottle of wine. Well, there's no such thing as a nice bottle of wine. There isn't. No. I think there is. No. <laughs> My wine cellar would contest that argument. <laughs> I'm not a wine fan. <laughs> I am. Um, but no, you get those two hundred dollar a bottle of wine or uh, uh, scotch that you look at and you know you'll never buy. Yeah. So let like four of them go in on it. It'll be fifty bucks a piece. There you go. Perfect. And then you got your two hundred bottle dollar bottle of wine. Yeah. Or uh, scotch. Yeah. And you got me thinking of wine. <laughs> and uh, I come on over and. Help you drink that $200 bottle of scotch. And then we go shopping at sale. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Let's go spend your money. Let's go spend my money. Spend it, spend it, spend it. Uh, I also got, if we want to do a quick book club. Yes, yes. How's your book doing? Uh, I still haven't cracked the cover. Awesome. <laughs> do you want to remind everybody what your book is? It's uh, it's Greatheart. It's the history of the Labrador Adventure. Uh, James West Davison and John Rouge. Did he ever finish that route? I don't know. I never read the book. <laughs> I don't think he finished the route either. No? No. That's why you haven't finished the book. There you go. You got something in common with the guy. <laughs> it's very Actually, salacious. he died though. on it, didn't he? Yes. It is very salacious. Died, yeah. yeah. Him and the buddy went. And... Buddy came back and then his wife tried to beat him to do it. Yeah. 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 So they yeah. competed. So it's very, uh, it's very interesting. So yeah, I've read the back cover. But the spine is not cracked yet. It looks like it's a brand no. new read from the store. Well, I got two brand new books for my daughter. I've cracked the cover and looked at the pictures inside. <laughs> I haven't read them, but I've looked at the pictures. Hey, this has pictures in it. Oh, yeah, so does mine. So I just opened it up. I looked at all the pictures. Uh, the first book I got is, they're actually both by Don Starkle. Starkle? Starkel? Starkel. Starkel? Starkle? Starkle. Yeah. Uh, Paddle to the Amazon, about Don and his son Dana, and their trip from Winnipeg to the mouth of the Amazon. 12,000 miles. I assume they flew over there. No. They paddled across They paddled the from Winnipeg. Really? All the way down through the Mississippi and everything. Cross, Yeah. That's a little bit psycho. Hurricanes, floods, whales, sharks, piranhas, wild pigs, bees, and alligators. I guess it's nice not to have a job. Mm, must be. Uh, they ate taper, paca, shark, and roasted ants. Apparently tons of roasted ants. Taper, tapir. That's like a dog, wolf, a pig thing. lion. Oh, pig? Yeah. Yes, With yes. With a big funky nose? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, they were arrested, shot at, taken for spies, and attacked by pirates. <laughs> what year was this? <laughs> I think this is in the 2000s, early 2000s, something like that. I don't know. I just got the book. I read the back, looked at the pictures. <laughs> I guess there are pirates still nowadays. Oh, there's, well, Somali pirates? Yeah, but that's different. Yeah. Uh, when I think of pirates, I think, eye patch and parrot and all that stuff. Oh, you know what? This couldn't have been in the 2000s because it was copyright 1987, so this would have been in the 80s. 80s. Yeah. Wow. Um Yeah. Well, 83. Well, that's interesting. That's, so that's quite 82, the journey, 80, though. 82. Yeah. Yeah, I, like I said, I just got these books and haven't really taken too much of a gander at them yet. But uh, What would get oh, into yeah. somebody's 1980. head? June 1st, 1980 was their departure date. What would get into somebody's head to make them do something like that? Why not? Wasn't that uh, Sir Edmund Hillary? Why'd you climb Mount Everest? Because it was, it was there. there. Yeah. But see, that's different. You, to be a first of, to achieve the highest peak in the world, and that's different. That's, this is... Well, it's Guinness World Book of Records, 12,000 miles. Canoe trip. Wow. So, it was, yeah, it was... Uh, they survived to enter the Guinness Book of World Records for the longest journey ever made by canoe. Mm-hmm. Wow. So, yeah, it was... Uh, Quite the quite the thing. I'm looking forward to reading that because that's uh -huh. uh, that sounds pretty cool. The second book again, same guy, uh, Don Starkle, Paddle to the Arctic. And this one, uh, he almost died apparently a couple of times on this one. Five thousand kilometers or three thousand miles from Churchill, Manitoba, on Hudson's Bay to Tuktoyaktuk near Alaska. Oh yeah, yeah. Kayak over three years. Uh, what do they say? Paddling bitter seas. Uh, and hauling his kayak across the ice when it froze. 
Three Arctic summers he battled, gales, capsizes, bitter cold, swarms of mosquitoes, broken bones, starvation, and frostbite. Wow. Yeah, he lost uh, he lost fingers and toes. Sounds like a fun trip. Broke had some accident with a rock and broke three toes hmm. on his foot and Ooh, good times. Yes, yes. Nothing like reading about somebody else's misfortune to make <laughs> your day, you know. Um, but you know what? Like, I like, I want to read this one because he was up near the area where I'd love to go paddling, you know, up through the Northwest Passage, up near Banks Island, Victoria Island, all that sort of, or sort of stuff, eh? What's his next destination? The moon? I don't know if that he can go anywhere else. <laughs> He's too broken and <laughs> He's beaten. He's broken and beaten now. So that's my book club. And, and so the guy who wrote it is the guy who did this. The guy trip. who wrote it is the it's guy that did it. Yep. He's the guy. Yep. Yeah, he did both of those. Huh. Those trips. So needless to say, he's paddled quite he's a bit. He's very accomplished. They say him and his son going down to the Amazon did 20 million paddle strokes, they guesstimated, I guess. <laughs> I don't know how you figure that out. Yeah. Because I'm not going one, two, three, yeah. four. <laughs> well, you just measure the distance. You say you do like... Guestimate how many like day per hour. 250 per kilometer. and Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Probably more when you're paddling big waves yeah. and seas and stuff like that but uh, an average yeah so i'm looking forward to reading those two books but uh yeah so those two things wow. chocolate and my sale gift cards awesome so yeah got some good stuff for christmas yeah but like i say with the gift cards it's cool because now i can go buy what i actually mm-hmm. pile them all together and get uh what i need yeah you know um i mean like i say everybody's you know they're, they're looking to Support my hobbies by buying me stuff I yeah. gear I need, but unfortunately they're buying me the entry level stuff, and I'm way beyond that sort of thing. Well, I'm pretty excited about my socks. Yeah, I've did you got... get warm socks, thin socks, no, thick socks, white socks, socks, blue socks? There, one has constellations and spacemen on it. One has dinosaurs on it. I've got a set of scuba dive socks with scuba divers and 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 other stuff on it, and so they're all little. And one with little monsters on it. So they're they're cool little socks. Really? Yeah. I, but I told do you have a pair of Spock socks with ears off the sides? No, no, I do not. You could only strive to be my level of sock guy. <laughs> <laughs> um. So again, this is our uh, our last show of the year, and you know what? It's been a really good year for us. It has. It's uh, been an impressive year. I uh, I didn't see half of that stuff coming, and it's been a very exciting year. Been a very fulfilling year. A lot of growth, a lot of uh, a lot of feedback from uh, from people who listen to the show, and and that's I I I think I got the most out of that. Just hearing from people who say they hear the show, people like like you know people recognized me, and it's like how's that person know me and so so it's kind of weird to be uh, recognized from the show well yeah going places and Mm -hmm. you're doing your shopping and somebody at one of the outdoor stores or you know and they recognize you hey you're from that radio show you look like that guy from and you sound like that guy are you that guy and yeah I'm that guy (laughs) unless of course I owe you money then no I'm not that guy (laughs) (laughs) so it's been personally fulfilling this last year it's been really nice uh, what would we do? We hosted the Real Paddling Film Festival for the third first time. Yep. And that went over... It went really well. Way we were, better than we yeah, thought it would. Yeah, we were stressed about it. We were worried about losing money and costing us a fortune. And But it ended up we broke even. It was really nice. It was, And we got a lot of feedback from people, and it was really rewarding to do mm-hmm. that show. And the fact that how we held it and where we held it was exactly perfect. Perfect. It was perfect, yeah. You know, I mean, a lot of people do it in the theaters and stuff like yeah. that, but we held it at a pub it's, with big, yeah, people big could, screen TV. Yeah. and People uh, could eat and have drinks and enjoy Chat with the their show. friends and, yeah. yeah. So that really worked out well. Mm-hmm. And it's going to be even better this year. Oh, yeah. Bigger and better. Uh, we were the sponsor, us, a sponsor of the Kitchener-Waterloo Canoe Symposium. Yes. Which was cool because we yeah. got to meet more people there. And yeah, it's nice. People to, got to see who we were. Yeah, nice to be able to give back a little bit and, and participate directly in, in events. Well, we gave those uh, two door prizes, the yep. gift bags. Yeah, door prizes. With uh, yep. stuff in it. And people were actually taking pictures of the stuff and they were quite amazed at what we stuffed in those oh, bags. Yeah. <laughs> eh? With a, Well, we had the life straw in there yep. and uh, flint and steel and yes. Nalgene bottles and all cool. that sort of stuff. Yeah. So they were just like, wow. Yeah. You know, so seeing them posting pictures of that's pretty cool. 
Uh, we had Jim Baird and his wife Tori on the show. That was exciting, right? That was, and it was more exciting because of what happened afterwards. Yes, and what's interesting is he had one alone, but nobody knew because yeah. it had been done filming, but it hadn't aired. We didn't so even know he was on we, it. Yes, so when we interviewed him, that was not even on the radar. Nobody even knew about it, and he. It's like he never alluded to nothing, so no. it was really impressive. But when I had sent him the congratulations the night of the win of when on TV when you won, yeah, he immediately came back with, "I wanted to tell you so badly <laughs> when you were here doing the show." <laughs> it's like no problems, man. You know, like uh, hey, you got to do what you got to do. Uh, we went canoeing for the day with Camper Christina. Yeah, that was exciting. Yeah, that, that was, was really fun. Yeah. yeah. Taught her how to fish. <laughs> <laughs> She's not going to like that. <laughs> um, well, I gave her one of my lures, right? Meps? Yes. Taught her taught yeah. her all about Meps. And uh, no, that was a good day. It was it was pretty cool getting out there on the water. And uh, yeah. and she had the uh, backcountry custom canoes, uh, canoe yes. that she was paddling. Yeah, it's an amazing craft. Mm-hmm. I know you liked it. Yes. You really enjoyed that canoe, didn't there you? I did paddle it, though. Did you not paddle it? I didn't. Did you? No. Hmm. I thought you I thought you did. No. <sighs> slacker. <laughs> well, you Note didn't either. Yourself, slacker. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was too nervous to paddle it. It, uh, I, I, well, it wasn't my craft. I don't even like driving other people's cars or nothing, right? So, yeah. so it was, it was, I looked at it, but I didn't want to touch it because it wasn't. Mine. It needs to be the same way with motor, other people's motorcycles. Yeah. Hey, take my bike for a spin. No. No, no I'm not going to do that. Okay, I'll take my own bike. Thanks. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Uh, we learned, and this is a big one, the lost art of canoe polling from Stephen Coots. That was exciting. That was. That was a lot more rewarding than I could have ever imagined. That was a long time in the making too. Yes. Because, I mean, that came from just a little, reading a little blurb yeah. in an article. Yeah, you came across it accidentally yeah, somehow. totally and accidentally and... Thought it was pretty cool and yeah, just we built it up. Yeah, looking into courses through Paddle Canada. Yeah. And, and then they get, yeah, they gave me Stephen's name. We gave him a call and uh, said, hey, I'm Sean and I hear you teach canoe polling and if I get a few guys together, can we do it? And yeah. he was so over the moon when we showed up yeah. and it was actually teaching yeah. people to do it because there's not, there's no call for it. He's the perfect guy you would want as an instructor oh. or as a voice for a sport. He was so excited mm-hmm. that when we showed up to to be able to teach some yeah. people yeah. how to do this. Yes. And the fact that we picked it up as fast as we did yeah. for his teaching goes a lot to show. Yeah, because like personally, I, I, I can think of like less than a, ha- a handful of times I've ever stood up in a canoe. And it's always like, I shouldn't be doing this. Well, that's what you're taught, right? Don't <laughs> yeah. stand up in the canoe. Yeah. And here we are standing up in the canoe and pulling our way down yeah. the river and then entering some small rapids. <laughs> did, did I ever fall in? Yes, did we I? all did. Everybody but Stephen did. But I thought... Well, everybody was being taught. Yeah. Alan fell in quite a bit yes, because he's, he was, used to, he's, <laughs> he's, a, he's a kayaker, yeah, so he's Alan not used German. to that. He, he, uh, yeah. Yeah, he uh, fell in half dozen or more times. Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> we started joking about him, right? Yeah. Said, it's a canoe, you don't have to roll this one. <laughs> <laughs> Alan had a blast doing that too. But did uh, I actually fall in? Well, I you were, you were wet. Matt got wet. Dwayne got wet. Yeah. And yeah. I fell in that one doozy. Oh, you broke your, canoe, your seat in your canoe when you fell Well, in. I think there was a crack. You, in you it, fell in the I kept, of the No, seat. I kept falling backwards and hitting yeah. my seat. Yeah. But that one time I fell over, I jammed my wrist straight oh, yeah, down yeah. into the rocks. Yeah. And I was just like, yeah, I'll just sit here for a bit and relax. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, no, that was that was a really cool cool thing. It was very rewarding, and it was like it, it just really opened my eyes what to, what is possible on a canoe. Well, yeah, and showing showing you what's out there that you don't know, right? And the level of control of a canoe yeah. when when pulling, like you know, you have a lot of slippage when you're paddling a canoe, and the paddle moves through the water. It's not anchored like a pole. It was so when when I, we first started learning how to control and maneuver the canoe it was like wow this thing is responsive yeah you just plant that pole and yeah. you twist the canoe it with your feet and impressive yeah really and watching steven go with that thing yeah 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 um oh yeah <laughs> we're all gonna die we learned we're all gonna die because of the perils involved with all types of paddling yes, exactly <laughs> it's become one of our things we're all going to die, and how is this a thing? <laughs> <laughs> what 
we learned that you can take a trip down a river in Sweden on a wood log raft, just like Huckleberry Finn. We learned a lot about log rafts. Yeah. Japan rafts. Japan, the oh, the Finn Japan one. one going down the rapids yeah. in, in the canyon in There's Japan. There's a lot of log rafting going on. I figured that's all, all old hat, right? Yeah. But, but the one in Sweden, the, I would... Like, you that'd know be what? a cool... Because like, it's, it's easy going too, right? Exactly. Yeah. And you just, well, they raft, you raft up to the shore at night. And then the next day you just push off and just yep, continue. And just keep floating. You can just sit there, relax, fish off the sides, exactly. have a little, make a little food, oh, have a man, couple of I drinks would, or something. We should do that. We actually should try oh. and do that. I need to win like the big lottery <laughs> just so we can do all these things that we've, we've found out, right? Um, who else? We had David Lee, the passionate paddler on. He yep. talked about tents this year. And he guest hosted when I was off on vacation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's been he's been on a few times now. Yes. The third show of the season. We told people to go paddling where they filmed Deliverance. It was and it wasn't until afterwards we It's like, where ooh. did we send them? <laughs> I was looking. Oh, hey, wait a minute. Isn't that didn't we just do Let's a show look, on yeah. on where they filmed Deliverance? And we just told a bunch of people to go paddling <laughs> <Yes>. there. <laughs> For all those that didn't return, we're sorry. <laughs> For all those playing banjo music. <laughs> That was oopsie. So next time we look out of, up on a map ahead of time. Yeah. But yeah, we uh, we met a lot of people at different shows and events we attended. That was so like, cool. Like all these trade shows we've gone to in the last year and met people at these shows and events that we've gone to. It's It's been really cool. Yeah. And we've learned so much about the different paddling sports that are out there. I mean, like we've, we've always said that you and I, our background is canoe tripping. Yes. But now, I and mean, we've learned about kayaking, we've learned about all the different types of rafting, pack rafting, you know, whitewater rafting, yeah. stand up paddle boarding, tanking, tank, oh, tanking, <laughs> <laughs> still saying, buddy, you give people beer and a gun in that yep, thing. Exactly. Some, we're talking <laughs> Olympic sport. Redneck vacation. <laughs> uh, another big thing. We went from under 500 listeners a month in December last year to over 6,000. That was incredible. This year. We, it exploded. Yeah. And, and I don't know where to credit it, but I think it, it there was all little tiny bits and parts Yeah, and just getting out that, there, people starting yeah, to take notice of who we are. And, and people yeah. talking about us, like, you know, Kevin Callan mentioning us, or we hate us having Kevin Callan on, and Camper Christina, we've got a lot of help and boost from Camper Christina. She's mentioned us a lot. So it, all of those, all that, all those little bits help a lot, and it's really helped us explode our fan base. Yeah, so I mean, if we've if we've gone up fifty five hundred this year, mm-hmm. if we can go up another fifty five hundred next year, we're going to be over 10,000 10, people. Eleven thousand people. Start getting sponsors. So I'm thinking. So I mean, if anybody out there, <laughs> we stop giving away the advertising for yeah, free. That's it. Um, we've heard, like I say, we've heard from people all over the world. Uh, drop this notes, you know, uh, because they've been listening to our show on iTunes and Google Play, yeah. and uh, right off our episode page off off paddlingadventuresradio.com. Uh, all our episodes, all 98 episodes are listed there, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Uh, including, yeah, including this one here. So there's 98 episodes on our episode page right now. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, people from all over the world, we've gotten, you know, notes from people, you know, uh, Iowa, California, Nepal, Nepal. Morocco, yeah. uh, Colombia, different spots in Canada, yeah. and, you know, in the States saying, hey. If you're ever in the area, come on by. We'll we'll take you out. Who is it? You know? I think it's Tibet follows me on Twitter. Follows this. Follows re- follows, follows yeah. their show. On, yeah, on all this. of Tibet apparently follows. Yeah. Well, no, tourism Tibet. <laughs> yeah, tourism Tibet follows yeah, us. Like, and, and I'm thinking, how did they learn of us? <laughs> I'm thinking we need to hop a plane, go to Kathmandu, yeah. hook up with the guys from Paddle Nepal for yeah. a few days, <laughs> and then come back. Make it like a five-day thing because it's 23-hour flight yeah. from Toronto to Kathmandu. Then we go, so a day there, we go a rafting, day whitewater <laughs> rafting and kayaking for three days. Yeah. And then one day back. There's your five day adventure. Or you start slow, just get your foot, feet wet, right? You you fly there, stay a day and come back. Just a weekend thing. Yeah. You know, <laughs> get with my, the house on the mountains, <laughs> open the hills <laughs> with Buffy. <laughs> yeah, not happening. I'm going there. I'm going, I'm going for more than a day, buddy. You know? Yeah, 24 hours there, 24 hour flight there, 24 hours there, and 24 hour flight back. Yeah, no. It'd be exhausting. <laughs> yeah. yeah you know. Well, you sleep both ways, right? Oh, the uh, the one ticket I looked at going there, mm-hmm. there's like a three hour layover in China in some town I've never heard. Oh, yeah? Yeah, some city I, starts with a G. But yeah, yeah, so you're, you got a three hour layover in China. 
<laughs> and then you on to Kathmandu. Well, that'd be cool. But then, like I say, if you can arrange to have them pick you up at the airport, and then you go for three days of because they they have like these three day paddles, right? Yeah. Where you do rafting, camping, and kayaking. Mm-hmm. Yes. Right. And then yeah, then yep. you you go back and you head back to Kathmandu, and then you fly out. Yeah. Too easy. That would be awesome. <laughs> and then yeah, you just sleep for twenty three hours on the way on, back. Yeah. On the way back, just put yourself in some <laughs> luggage and <laughs> yeah. And you wouldn't need much luggage. You'd need, you'd, yeah. You need a backpack, right? You just and yeah, just it. yeah. You just travel really light. Yeah. You're just gonna bring. You probably, well, your clothes are gonna be washed anyway. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you're, you're gonna be white water, right? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, you wouldn't need you wouldn't need to bring any gear unless you really wanted to bring your own life jacket. But they would have stuff there. Oh yeah. So like you just bring your basically the clothes on your back and a few uh, power bars and uh, Bob's your uncle. Uh, well, you need your camera gear, video, some camera, and video, gear. recording gear to do that. So yeah, I definitely yeah. do pictures, do some yeah. video, bunch of video, oh, yeah. Instagram, do a little article of thingy out of it, that sort of thing. Right. Yeah. But, uh, I think that that's doable. <laughs> I think that's more than doable. Anybody want to pay for our tickets? Just let us know. Yeah. Anybody that wants to start pitching, maybe we should do a jumpstart thing or whatever those, what are you, fundraiser, Kickstarter, that's it. Kickstarter. The Kickstarter. Yeah, yeah, we haven't heard or from you and your go, Kickstarter this year. Or go fund me. Go fund me, yeah. I've been limiting myself on Kickstarter. Go fund us. Yes, go find me. <laughs> go find us and then try to find us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, we're, we've been hearing from people all over the world since in the last year since this is really starting to take off, which is really nice. And uh, at least, you know, we're, somebody out there is listening to us. Uh-huh. It's not our families, but somebody is. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yeah, so there's been some big highlights and growth this past year. I'm really, uh, really happy about We're it. Very exciting. Very, and very exciting. there's just big things planned for 2018. Oh yeah. We got some, some really big name guests that are uh, going to be coming on. Yeah. Uh, we got some, a lot of events we're hitting up. We're doing the Real Paddling Film Festival again and again. It's going to be much bigger than last year. Absolutely. And um, the venue probably, is venue's amazing. probably going to be twice the size. Yeah. So well over... What do you say? We can hold over 150 people. Yeah, he said, but I, I think it would be more comfortable in the 1 to 125 range. You yeah. don't want to pack people in like sardines. Why not? So... <laughs> sardines are fish too. <laughs> but you don't want to ruin the viewing no, experience. No, but uh, yeah, I mean, the, just the we're going we're gonna to do a little video, little teaser video for yes. and post it uh, yeah. on the new venue. And I think people are just going to see that and go, you got to be kidding. <laughs> so that'll, that'll be cool. Uh, we're hosting... Uh, that, and then, uh, that'll be March. 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 20th? 14th? Yeah, 20th. March 20th. Something. It's Tuesday. Yeah, Tuesday night. It's Tuesday. And, uh, we'll also, they changed the name to the Ontario Backcountry Canoe Symposium. Yes. So it's no longer the Kitchener-Waterloo Canoe Symposium. Now it's the Ontario, Ontario Backcountry, Backcountry Canoe, Canoe Symposium. Symposium. Yes. So we're going to be a host of that again this year. So we'll yeah. have a booth set up and... And whatnot, and uh, people can come out and meet us and and chat with us, and yep. we'll be able to chat with new people and yeah. uh, see the people that are listening to our show and stuff That'd like cool. that. Uh, but yeah, lots of things planned for 2018, and uh, hopefully we can just keep on building and on what we've done this year. Mm-hmm. So let's take a quick break here, and we'll come back, and I want to talk about uh, something to think about come spring. Hi, this is Dark Sprest. You're listening to Paddling Adventures Radio. If you like what you've been hearing, you can find out more by checking us out at paddlingadventuresradio.com, as well as on Facebook, Instagram, and on Twitter. You can find all of our episodes on iTunes, Google Play, and the episode page for our website, where all our podcasts are available for download or streaming. We love to hear from our listeners, so if you have a suggestion for the show or want to let us know how we're doing, please drop us a line. Thanks for listening. Enjoy the show. This portion of the show is brought to you by Algonquin Outfitters. Algonquin Outfitters, providing quality Algonquin Park backcountry adventures for the entire family since 1961. Whether you want to get on the water for a day or a week, the friendly staff at Algonquin Outfitters can help you out. Find them online at algonquinoutfitters.com or visit one of their 12 locations. Algonquin Outfitters, your outdoor adventure store, with locations in Algonquin Park, Muskoka and Halliburton. Welcome back. Uh, Derek, there's something that, I mean, it's it's winter time now, so you're not really thinking about it up here in Canada, but it, it, it is all over North America. Something I think we need to be thinking about, and everybody that has a, uh, a, a canoe, any type of boat really, any type of paddlecraft or otherwise, 
invasive species. Yes. Is, and it's it's a under considered under talked about unless you're in industry or, or any commercialized uh, industry. It's uh, most people don't really think about it. No, I mean unless you're you're doing the specifically like you say in the industry or you're, you know, a conservationist or something yes. like that, right? Um my big thing with this is especially when it comes to paddle craft, because I mean, a boat, you know, if you're, you're probably going to stick to one body of water for the mm-hmm. day or yeah. the weekend or something like that, you're not going to go from body to body to body, loading yes. it up on a trailer and taking it over somewhere, unloading. You're not going to do that with a big power boat, but no. paddle craft. Exactly. You're probably going to do that. There's a good chance you're going to do that. And, and I, I've done stuff like that i've uh, i've paddled in lake ontario and and then gone camping in algonquin park and mm-hmm. stuff like that and uh, i'm i'm usually very careful about transporting any liquids and waters but one thing that i didn't know is that it, the, some of these things the villagers the the little baby um, mollusks mollusks yeah. and stuff they they can live for a fairly long period of time out of water yeah like some of the mussels on that they they can live uh like 30 days out yeah. of water. Yeah. Right? So, I mean, yeah, if you're taking a trip, you know, floating around Lake Ontario and you get some of these little things latched on and then you're, yeah. you know, you head up to Algonquin. Yeah, it's, it's you a know, problem. say the following weekend, you think, oh yeah, seven days, whatever. Yeah. Not, not and whatever. The damage that they can do to the local ecosystem is, uh, is staggering. Big time. And we have to be aware that we're at risk of taking things with us. Uh, and some of the ones that you, you hear about a lot when you're researching is the quagga and zebra mussels. And that's, they're one of some of the most common and talked about because they yeah. do know some of the most. Zebra mo- mussels I've been hearing about for years. The yes. quagga mussels, I've, the I, I don't think I've heard of. Uh, now in some of the research, the stuff that I've been reading, quagga mussels were first recognized in 89, but it wasn't recognized as an individual species until 1991. Mm-hmm. So they've been around a while in just as long or like zebra the mussels. zebra mussels, yeah. Yeah. But then there's New, e- New Zealand mud snails. I, I had heard of those. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, that's an invasive species. Uh, and there's aquatic plants um, like the Eurasian water milfoil, stuff like that. There's a yes. lot of you know aquatic plants yeah. as well, which, you know, when they start spreading, they clog everything up. Yeah, and it's and that, that's the main problem is uh, is either clogging up systems or whatever, like with mussels or with the milfoil. You're talking, you know, fouling of uh, power plants, cooling water, and, and stuff like that, right? And and you see it a lot with it. It's a very expensive when it comes to shutdowns and clogging up of filters and clogging up of pumps and shutdown of pumps on at in any industrial setting where they get cooling water from like for example lake ontario you're talking billions of dollars in expenses just to fight this issue oh yeah but when it comes to what we do exactly you got to think of you know our our canoes if you're not careful you could be transferring stuff that are you know, invasive species that are going to cause environmental damages to all the rivers, lakes, and streams exactly. that we paddle, right? So you could easily, like if you say you have this little favorite lake you like to go to, you could easily transport zebra mussels or, or quagga mussels into this little pristine lake, and you could easily change the entire ecosystem of that lake, and it changes the balance of nature for any fish, frog, or whatever species that live there. Yeah, you, you're, you're going to disrupt the natural food chain that's already there. You're, you can create toxic algae blooms, which I know uh, Algonquin Park had a couple big ones. They're fighting sh- that now. The last yes. couple of years, yeah. they've been having some big algae and blooms, And they have to right? close the lakes because it's toxic yep. to people and animals. Yeah, it kills the fish, kills birds. Um, and if you're, you know, if it's in your cottage area, then you're, you're looking at decreased property value right off the bat. Yeah, and those know? algae blooms, by the way, which I found disturbing is the fact that you can't just, like with, um, with, uh, like, uh, uh, beaver fever and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. You can't just boil the water. Boiling no. this water with the algae in it makes it worse. It activates yeah. the, uh, the, this algae and it makes it even more toxic to humans and animals. Yeah. You can't just boil it or drop it. It doesn't make it go away. Yeah. Yeah. You're, you just got to get away from it. You can't consume it. Yeah. So, you know, um, yeah. Now... You're looking at uh, when I mean we talk about the 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 mussels and mud snails and stuff. 
But when you're coming to the plants, like the Eurasian water milfoil, um, you know, it, it will crowd out the native plants, right? So there's your your ecosystem yeah, out it, of balance. And if there's so much of it, well, there's your, that nice, easy paddling stream you had is now clogged. Yeah. You're clogged not paddling it anymore. Yeah. Right. It's, it changes the ecosystem. And, and I think the, the biggest issue that I guess a lot of, uh, backcountry campers and sportsmen and fishermen should be concerned about if you want to make it personal is the fact that if you change the ecosystem it's going to go from you know the top of the species might be lake trout or or pike or or something like that and with the changes in the ecosystem it might become something totally different it might become a frog pond or it might become mm-hmm. something that's it's you the you won't be able to fish there anymore it's just it changes the ecosystem well, it's funny that you mentioned pike because I think it's the Colorado River, the northern parts. Pike have made their way down there and they want to stop it because they look at that as an invasive species. Pike, yeah, because right? because pike eats so many of the smaller fish yeah. species. And, and you're losing you, them. You could clean out a, like a trout population yep. because the pike will eat all the baby trout. Yeah, yeah, so that's what you're, I mean, that's happened, I think, years ago when they started getting introduced to Algonquin Park. Yes. You know, all of a sudden yeah. you had these beautiful trout lakes that are now pike, bass. Yeah, exactly. It's lakes, so it right? changes the ecosystem. And and that's our doing. That's humans doing. Yeah. And I I remember the stories coming out saying, yeah, you know, the, it was bilge water from some tanker yep. uh, that dumped its bilge water into Lake Ontario. And that's mm-hmm. where the zebra mussels came from. And that's yeah. where this came from. And yeah. the gobies and... Yes, and all exactly. that sort of it's stuff, all right? These, all these different species are being are coming over, and, from and that's the main culprit. The Chinese carp, is it? Chinese, yeah. Asian, Asian carp. carp. Asian, Asian carp. carp. Yeah. Uh, so to help stop the spread of of these uh, invasive species, when it comes to you know your 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 paddle craft, clean. They they have these different things. The first one being clean. Clean all aquatic plants, animals, and mud from your boat and discard in the trash. Rinse and scrub, but away from storm drains, ditches, and waterways. Yes. Because even though it's at your house, if it goes down, it all goes down into the lakes and stuff eventually. Mm-hmm. You know? Yes, so, it all makes it way back. Yeah. All those storm drains. Yeah. Uh, drain all internal compartments. Yep. Right? So if you have any standing water in there, yes. drain it out. Get it out. Yeah, if you have like a lot of, a big culprit would be like any power boats or anything, like any fishing boats. They have these under bilges that go underneath the engine, main engine and stuff mm-hmm. like that. They, you can't really get off, see all the water or know whether that is there. And next time you take on a bit of water and a little bit of rain, then that water floats up again and it dumps overboard without any control. Yeah. Your bilge pump but even is your kayak, right? You yep. get cut water you inside water. your kayak. Exactly. Right? Yep. Same now, see, I always dump the water out, make sure it's dry because I don't want water standing there. For mosquitoes. Making stains, yeah. Stains and mosquitoes and stuff like that, yeah. Dry your boat between uses, if possible. Leave compartments open and sponge out standing water. Scrub or pressure wash life jackets, waders, boots, landing nets, and other gear that came into contact with water. So if you're out fishing for the day and all that sort of stuff, right? Some suggest you soak your gear in a 2% bleach solution for at least one minute. 20 milliliters of bleach per liter of water. Yeah. And I don't think it's for zebra mussels and stuff like that, but you do see some of these, uh, like MKC and stuff like that, they do have dunk tanks, but mm-hmm. that's just to get the human perspiration sweat, but they do a mild bleach solution. Bleach and, solution, yeah. Or, or, or so you're going to kill some plants and stuff like that that might be hanging on, right? Yeah. Or some like yeah. very small microscopic sort yeah. of Or people's sweat. Things. Yeah. <laughs> Inspect everything for signs of aquatic invasive species before launching and before leaving. So it's something that you should check before you go into the water. Yes. And when you come out. Exactly. So, you know, before you throw your canoe up on top of your, your truck or whatever. Yes. Just flip it over, check the hull, yeah. outside of the hull, make sure there's, you it's, haven't picked up any little you, you visitors. You always pick up some kind of little crap, little pieces oh, of stuff. Oh, that's dirt. And, yeah. Yeah. Especially on the beach, right? Yeah. And they're going to be on the beach. Yeah. So if you slide up on a nice gravel beach and you're picking that sand up with you. Exactly. Right? It's it's staying out. Because I've gotten home and there's been sand still on the side of my mm-hmm. canoe from a beach or yeah. something, right? So check all that out. Now, some states, uh, when I was doing my research, like Idaho, Oregon, uh, Washington, Montana, and there's 
I'm not sure if it's all of California or certain parts of California. They're requiring invasive species stickers for non-motorized craft. And they're usually seven to ten bucks, and the money goes back into... So what does the sticker do? Just basically remind you to check. Oh, it's just a right? reminder. Yeah. So it costs you $7. You yeah. got to have it if yeah. you want to go paddling. It helps them And the money combat. goes into combating invasive yeah, species. Probably, you know, educating people would yeah. be the main way that they do this. I'm sure there's a lot that think it's a money grab, but... Yeah. You know, uh, there are some states where it's... They have a boat license, and that's part of their boat license okay, as well. Yep. So Makes they sense. sort of double it up, that sort of thing. Um, but yeah, like I say, it's usually under everything that I've I've seen. It's, it's usually under ten bucks. Yes. Um, I don't know if there's any in Canada require it. I know the BC they were talking about it. Oh yeah. But I don't know that it actually happened or not. Hmm. So it's something to look forward to anyway. Now in Ontario, we have our Invasive Species Act, which is supposed to help prevent and control the spread of the invasive species. Invasive species. Yeah. Right. Uh, it's illegal to import, possess, deposit, release, transport, breed, grow, buy, sell, lease, or trade prohibited invasive species. Yeah. And that only works if the people get caught or if there's enforcement in place. But there's so many people that deal with these, like especially. I don't want to single Fishermen. anybody out, but yeah, like if, if you see a lot of Fishermen using the wrong baits, or they have traditional. At the end baits. of the day, yeah, uh, just dump the rest of the just bait. Just dump the bait yeah. into the lake, and mm-hmm. off you go, so you don't have yeah. to haul it home. Yeah, yeah. So I've you, seen you it many see times. a lot of that, and and sometimes, and you often get uh, like uh, foreigners. They uh, import whatever fish for their little maybe if they have an aquarium or something, and they get tired of it and release it and stuff. You see a lot of these. Uh, source of like uh, like the Asian carp and snakeheads and stuff some of these fish do sometimes start as uh, aquarium fish well they've uh, grenadier pond in Toronto mm-hmm. they found massive goldfish oh that okay. aren't supposed to be there yeah right obviously so, somebody's releasing their pets yeah uh, or I don't know if it's like somebody's pet or one of their backyard koi type goldfish yeah Right? Exactly. So, but yeah, yeah. They're, they're people just release them and, and that's mm-hmm. it. And but what f- is it? The Asian carp? I think it's the Asian carp, but these suckers can uh, crawl out of the water to other to sources other, of water. Yeah, yeah. It's like that. It's creepy. Is that the? That's not the one that jumps, is it? No, it's. It, there was it, ones that are it just pulls itself along yeah. with its fins. There's one that's just south of the border, and they're talking. There's one river that's they've blocked or something. Oh, yes. And if it makes it up that river through that blockade, it's getting into the Great Lakes. Yeah. But I thought that was one that jumps. I don't know. Oh, the one, yeah. The jumping see, carp or... See all the people getting whacked, whacked on yeah. speedboats. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty funny to watch, yeah. but yeah, you don't want them in yeah, the lakes. Yeah, and so I've seen that some of the countermeasures they have is they have electrified netting in the water to to uh, chase the fish, make sure the fish don't pass. So it's uncomfortable for the fish, so they turn back. Mm-hmm. And so some of these lo- water locks and stuff like that, they, they have these countermeasures in place to stop the transfer of water. And they definitely have to. Mm-hmm. Um, so some of the fish that they're saying are, they list as in Ontario as invasive species are the Asian carp. And under that, they've got bighead carp, black carp, grass carp, and silver carp. Um, they're all... a, a I guess a type of the Asian carp species under the Asian yep. carp umbrella, as it were. Snakeheads, stone Morocco, uh, the Wells catfish, and the Xander. I hadn't heard what. Can't some of say I heard of any of those except for the Asian carp. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> I know a guy named Xander. <laughs> um, aquatic invertebrates, golden mussel, killer shrimp. Common yabby, which is a crayfish. Hmm. So, so of of the fish they've listed in that, only dead, gutted fish may be imported, transported, bought, or yes. sold. So any of the Asian carp, snakeheads, and all that, they have to be dead yep. and gutted. Mm-hmm. Um, plants, Brazilian elodia. <laughs> it's a, a water weed. I was wondering how that was going to be pronounced. Yeah. <laughs> elodia. Elodia, <laughs> yes. Uh, European water chestnut, hydrilla, parrot feather, and water soldier. So there's definitely a lot of them. Yeah, out it's... there, and that's just in in Ontario. Yep. 
So like I say, there's tons of them going through the states as well. Um, and it all comes down to making sure when you're done for the day, make sure your boats are clean. Yes. Make sure all your gear is clean. And, you know, like I say, the muscles can be out of water for 30 days. If you, you're going back into the water anytime and you don't know there's something on there yeah. or you don't check, mm-hmm. then you've just potentially started a whole yeah. new colony in some totally clean lake. Some pristine lake. Yeah. So uh, take the time, check your boats and, and whatnot and uh, help uh, keep these invasive species at bay. So let's take a quick break and we'll come back and uh, talk about some workshops happening at the Canadian Canoe Museum. This portion of the show is brought to you by Algonquin Outfitters. Algonquin Outfitters, providing quality Algonquin Park backcountry adventures for the entire family since 1961. Whether you want to get on the water for a day or a week, the friendly staff at Algonquin Outfitters can help you out. Find them online at algonquinoutfitters.com or visit one of their 12 locations. Algonquin Outfitters, your outdoor adventure store, with locations in Algonquin Park, Muskoka and Halliburton. Hey, this is Sean Rowley and you're listening to Paddling Adventures Radio. To find out more about us, check out our website, paddlingadventuresradio.com. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Current and past episodes of our podcast can be downloaded or streamed from iTunes, Google Play, and the episode page of our website. If you have any questions, comments, or ideas for the show, we would love to hear from you. So drop us a line on Facebook or our website. Thank you for listening. Enjoy the show. Welcome back. Uh, the Canadian Canoe Museum workshops, Derek. Yes. Uh, every year they put on a bunch of them and uh, they're quite interesting. Uh, they've got to uh, one, two, three, four, five of them that I know were canoe related. Um, I mean, they do moccasins, they do winter stuff as well. Okay. But for our intents and purposes, what do we got here? Well, we've got uh, canoe trip menu planning. So they uh, spend a Friday evening uh, with Chef Amanda Harrison. It's an interactive workshop, and it's it's all dedicated to menu preparation for canoe tripping. Uh, so in the canoe museum kitchen, they're gonna do chicken uh, Cajun jambalaya, some granola granola bars. You can make some skillet cornbread that you can make over a fire, and also a no bake blueberry cheesecake for dessert. Ooh. Sounds Cajun pretty fantastic. jambalaya. Yeah. Ch- that, with chicken and sausage. Yeah. That's good. That sounds yummy. That does sound yeah. good. So that's March 2nd, Friday. One of their more popular ones are, is the Carve a Canoe Paddle. They actually have that on four weekends. It's a two-day thing. Yep. So March 3rd and 4th, May 5th and 6th, September 29th and 30th, and December 1st and 2nd. You create your own carved and sanded black cherry paddle, and they give you all the varnishing supplies that you can take home and finish it on your own. Um, but you end up with a, a, a carved, yeah, proper you end up with carved a paddle. paddle. Yeah. yeah, you use traditional hand tools in the museum's preserving skills gallery, and uh, expert instructor Russ Parker is there to teach you how to do it. That's pretty cool. It is. Then we have, uh, so May 26th and May 27th, it's a weekend thing. It's wooden canvas canoe restoration. This That's <laughs> right up your alley. This fits right in my wheelhouse because I, I've got a uh, 1954 Peterborough canoe, and uh, I've been looking at restoring this for years. So they, uh, they go through all the steps and preparations for a wooden canvas canoe restoration. So you can they'll show you how to do, re-canvas it, how to fix or replace a rib, and it's all done by experienced canoe builder Pam Wedd of the Bear Wood Canoe Company. So yeah, it's, it's it, I like the fact that they actually get people in here who do this. Yes, yeah, right? the actual and skilled actually, people. Yeah, yeah, take you in through it and people who do it for a living. Yeah, they're going to know the ins outs and oh, what to avoid and yeah. stuff like that. And any questions you have, they'll be sure to be able to answer them. Uh, this one here could come in handy for for us. Carve a canoe pole. On July 7th. But I already bought two of them. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you might break them though. Yeah, yeah, I am going to break them. Um, As we've mentioned before, canoe polling is a traditional method of canoe travel, still practiced in Atlantic Canada and by some people down here in Southern Ontario. Yes. Uh, While standing in the canoe, pullers use a 12-foot spruce pole to push directly off the river bottom. 
Because the pole is in contact with the river bottom, pulling offers better control of the boat. This allows both up and downstream travel in water too, uh, in shallow, shallow, water too in water shallow too to paddle. shallow to paddle. <laughs> <laughs> new, new mouth can't do a thing with it. Yes. Uh, so yeah, if, if you want to learn how to canoe pole, you can actually uh, learn how to carve yourself a canoe as well. Yes. And next up is uh, on July 13th of 2018, it's uh, Hand Cane A New Canoe Seat. So another one that fits right in my wheelhouse because uh, I need to redo need the uh, cane seats in my uh, Peterborough canoe. So this one here, it's to, you get to recreate an authentic hand cane seat. Uh, so for your cedar canvas canoe, so the, you spend a day in the, uh, in their, in the gallery, you get two white ash seat frames and all the materials needed to cane the seats, which is included in the workshop. And you leave with a clear installation instructions. Cool. If you want to find out more information about these workshops and all the rest that they offer, go to canoemuseum.ca and click the learn tab at the top for more information, all the different stuff and pricing. Um, so that's about time there, Derek, for this week's show. Um, I'd like to thank everybody for listening. And happy New Year for everybody. And 2017 was a good year, and I'm hoping bigger, better things for 2018 for Absolutely. us. Absolutely. If you want to find out more about us, you can find us at paddlingadventuresradio.com, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. You can find our past episodes, including this one, on Paddling Adventure Radio episode page, iTunes, and Google Play. Thanks, everybody, for listening. I'm Sean Rowley. And I'm Derek Specht. We'll see you next time. <laughs>